Hello and welcome to Calling All Detectives from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Calling All Detectives! There's an old saying that birds of a feather flock together. And I once had a case where a single feather grounded a killer. That is the situation on this page from my casebook. The casebook of Jerry Browning, Private Detective. Once in a while, a private detective like me, Jerry Browning, gets a case that puts a feather in his cap. Lieutenant Dawson of Homicide and I were making a tour of the waterfront in the hope of picking up a lead on a gang of warehouse looters. We found no trace of them that night. Instead, we watched the harbor patrol fish a body out of the river. Been in the water 18 to 26 hours, I judge, Lieutenant. Any identification on him? The cop shook his head. Not a thing. Not even any labels in his clothes. A flash of color caught my eye. I bent down, took something out of the man's hand. It was a red feather, and it proved to be the only clue. The next morning at the morgue, we got the report. Cause of death, drowning after hard blow on head. Age of victim, about 50. No scars or birthmarks. Fingerprints not on fire. Stomach contents, partly digested meal of beef, potatoes, spinach, pie. Victim obviously murdered shortly after his dinner hour. Dawson turned to me. That last meal sets the time of the crime pretty well, Jerry. He must have been killed in the early evening, or at least in the afternoon, because nobody eats stuff like that for breakfast. I nodded. That seems reasonable. Well, see you around, Dawson. He grabbed my arm. What's your hurry? We, I mean, I got this feather clue, and if this was your case, how'd you handle it? Dawson, I'd look for a bird who'd lost a feather. When the unidentified body of a man was fished out of the river with only a single red feather as a clue to his murder, I let Dawson talk me into working on the case. Dawson wanted to go to the crime lab and see whether any hidden marks had been found on the dead man's clothes, while my job was to run down the feather clue, if possible. I drove him uptown. Dawson started to get out of the car, suddenly turned, grabbed my arm. Look, Jerry, red feathers, hundreds of them. I followed his pointing finger, saw red feathers in men's hats on women's coat lapels. <laughs> Dawson, you're due for a shock. You're wearing a red feather. So am I. I reached up, plucked at our hats, held out two bright symbols of charity, the red feathers of the community fund. Dawson looked as sheepish as I felt. Then he fished in his pocket and brought out a little glassine envelope containing the red feather. Our clue. Nope, Jerry. Not that easy. This feather's altogether different in size and color and texture. And it's up to you to find out why. I drove off, promising to check with Dawson in an hour. At the city zoo, I headed for the aviary and the head ornithologist. Mr. Browning, this is an exceedingly common type of feather. It's, it's been treated with aniline dye, but nevertheless, its origin is obvious. This originally was attached to the wing of a buff Orpington chicken. 
My next stop was in the wholesale millinery district along Beaumont Street. Buff Orpington chicken feathers, Mr. Browning, to trim ladies' hats. Really? Pheasant quills, yes. Ostrich plumes, certainly. But chicken feathers, definitely no. I called Dawson as per schedule. It was a two-way, no-progress report. The dead man's clothes, inexpensive and well-worn, revealed nothing despite every test known to the crime lab. But Dawson wasn't discouraged. Don't worry, Jerry. We'll net the killer. As I hung up the phone, Dawson's final phrase echoed in my brain. The simple word net could be a brand new lead. At the headquarters of the local badminton association, I showed the feather to the resident manager. The color is quite wrong, Mr. Browning, also the weight. No, that feather was never used in a badminton bird. However, it occurs to me that this just might be the sort of thing used in fly tying. Fishing, you know. At last, I figured I was getting someplace, because I was back at the waterfront, close to the scene of the crime. A sign above the big store said, From minnow to musky fishing, everything for the angler. The owner of the store was a salty character known as Dad McConnell. He does self-respecting fish in all tarnation be fooled by such like. Not even a mermaid would wear it to a fancy dress ball. Now get out! I got out. But now I had still another idea. I drove back to headquarters. Dawson, this is a long shot, but no harm trying. Get hold of the chief of the waterfront detail. Sergeant Sorensen walked in. You sent for me, Lieutenant? Yes, Sorensen. Jerry wants to ask you a couple of questions. Tell me, Sergeant. In the last couple of nights, did you or any of your men run into anything on the waterfront that was a little unusual, yet not important enough to report? Uh, what I'm thinking of is uh, somebody who might have been wearing a costume of some kind. Sergeant Sorensen grinned. Yeah, sure. Patrolman O'Connor said something about that night before last. Some guy he ran into was wearing a costume like a heathen witch doctor. Did it have feathers on it? Sure did. Red and green and yellow feathers. The man was kind of drunk, so kind of put him into a cab and sent him home. Sergeant, get O'Connor in here and find that cab driver. Things moved fast after that. We found the cab driver who remembered his fare. Sure. It ain't every day I drive guys who's wearing feathers. I took him to Briar Place. I'll put out the house. At the Briar Place address, we picked up a man whose name was George Gifford. Both O'Connor and the cab driver identified him. Yes, I, I was at a costume ball the other evening. Is something wrong? We'll let you know after we take a look at your costume. We found the costume in a closet, compared the feathers on it with the single feather we had. It matches. Gifford, how did a feather from your costume get into a dead man's hand? All right. I should have known. I'd be caught. I owed Ricky Novak, the gambler, a lot of money. Gave him my OUs. The other night he threw a party at his place at the waterfront. I used this costume to get in about five in the morning. I opened Ricky's desk, got my IOUs, was leaving through a window when the night watchman saw me and grabbed me. I hit him and, well, I pushed him into the river. And that solved the case. No wonder we hadn't made any progress. We'd been looking for somebody killed in the early evening because of the dinner he'd recently eaten. But a night watchman's meals are exactly opposite the usual schedule. He has breakfast at seven o'clock at night. Like I said, even when the clue is no more than a single feather, a killer always winds up as a dead pigeon. <laughs>